I just realized my mic was still muted. Let's try that one more time. Welcome in, everybody, to ACC Tailgate. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wolverine Gold. I'm giddy. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why, because we got a lot to talk about today. Carolina Duke, aftermath. After, at the, at the aftermath. Uh, Super Bowl aftermath. Um, which is why I said I don't know why I'm so excited, because it's over. It's all over. But we got so much to talk about, so I think that's why I'm so excited. You know, because that's, you know, what we're doing here. Uh, but, yeah, I hope everybody had a good weekend. Let me get my banners up here. Um, boom. And boom. There we go. Uh, and, again, if you want to hit me up on social, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wolverine Gold, uh, I will be your host for today and every day here on ACC Tailgate when we get together Tuesdays and Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, sun is blasting in right behind me. It's a beautiful day here, uh, in High Point, North Carolina, where I currently sit. Um, not too far from where I sit, the ACC, uh, basketball tournament will be going down here in just, I guess, a few weeks. Um, I gotta look, I know I talked about this on one of the shows. I gotta figure out if fans are going to be allowed at that because I personally want to get out to it. That's the main reason I want to find out. Um, but, uh. Yeah, coffee's all ready to go. It's a Darth Vader mug kind of day. Um, Now, the coffee here is not – it ain't the best today because I only had like half of – so I have have a K-cup coffee machine. And I I only had – like I was at the last little bit in my coffee bag, so I had maybe half of a a K-cup. Because uh, I, I use a little filter and actually put real coffee grounds in there, not just the K-cups, instant. Um, and I only had like half of a K-cup left, so I put a little more flavor in this, a vanilla syrup. Uh, didn't quite do the job. Might have to switch to hot cocoa here in a little while. But, uh, yeah, uh, hope you really hope you had a good weekend. Get a quick swig. Uh, man, so let's just jump in head first here. Oof, Patrick Mahomes. As we welcome in another viewer, hope you're doing well on a Tuesday on ACC Tailgate. Uh, man, Patrick Mahomes is uh, probably still catching his breath from all the running around he was doing uh, on Sunday night. Uh, I didn't. I don't. I think I speak for most of us uh, when I say. I don't think any of us saw that coming. Uh, didn't score a touchdown. Not a touchdown. Nine points, three field goals. Uh, it was a complete ass-kicking by the Buccaneers. I don't think any of us saw that coming. And it, it turned into, you know, it was – the game, it, it kind of pains me to say this. You know, actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna rephrase this because I actually – I heard uh, – uh, I don't know if it was Romo or uh, the other dude on the broadcast on CBS – you know, saying that the game didn't quite live up to the hype. Uh, I would disagree. I think the game did live up to the hype. It just wasn't the specific hype we were after. We were after the hype of Goat and Baby Goat, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, ridiculous uh, Buccaneers offense, ridiculous Kansas City offense, boom, 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 going at it. That was the hype we were going after. 
the hype we got was a full-on display of beautiful, balanced football. And, you know, I guess not to mention Tom Brady just showing yet again that he is the freaking GOAT. The GOAT. I mean, he did. I remember, and I think you guys would, would attest to this, there was a feeling in the air after the uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots several years ago made that little comeback on uh, the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl, the, the epic 28-3 comeback meltdown by the Falcons. I remember feeling a vibe in the air of just, there's no more debate. There will be debate because that's what we do as sports fans. Uh, some of us a little more than others. Uh, there's no more debate. He's the GOAT. He's the best to do this until we'll see if Patrick Mahomes can get him. That's a conversation we'll have here in a little bit. Uh, some thoughts I have on that. But there was just a vibe in the air of like, that's just greatness. The fact that he was able to stay. And, and, and you know, I was talking about this on uh, uh, my William Peace basketball broadcast that I had uh, – Actually, it's interesting. I was having the same conversation for two different games, the men's and the women's basketball teams. The women's team, both teams were facing uh, – both William Peace teams were facing the number one team in their division who were both undefeated. And it was interesting because it was almost a similar scenario. Now, the women's team got the win, got the upset. The men's team did not for William Peace. But I remember talking about this both times on the broadcast because it was it was the same scenario. Our team, William Peace, came out hot, controlled the momentum in the first half, the first quarters for the women's side, uh, and dominated and got out to a very convincing lead. And I remember saying on the broadcast that we're going to find out, and we ultimately did in both games, what good teams are able to do is when they get down by almost 20 points, and I believe both men's and women's games, the the opposing team who was number one in the conference was down by about 20 points. Both times, or both teams, I should say, were able to stay poised, stay under control, and little by little, they they gained the momentum back, and they got themselves back into the game. Now, again, the women's team... You know, they didn't quite make the comeback. The men's game, the number one team did make the comeback, and they ultimately got the last shot off. It was a thriller. It was epic. But the point I was making on the broadcast is simply when the good elite teams get down like that, usually they're going to show you why they're the number one team, why they're undefeated, why they're so good. Because, you know, average to not so great teams when they get in those spots they either one give up which is the worst thing you could freaking do or they'll start forcing things and pressing things and trying to make things happen and there's nothing wrong with being aggressive and trying to make things happen but you tend you tend to force things and take bad shots or make bad plays or just bad, you get sloppy and bad stuff happens because you're forcing things. You're trying so hard because you realize you're down by so much. You've got that pressure on your shoulders. Whereas the good teams, a la that men's team that uh, played, a la that women's team that played uh, in the games I called, and then Brady and the Patriots against the Falcons in that Super Bowl, they just stayed poised, 
stayed patient. That's a big one there, patience. And they took it one play at a time. They're not forcing things. They're not pressing. They take it one play at a time. And every time that opportunity presents itself, they strike. They get it. And just little by little, they get themselves back in the game. That's what the good teams do. And that's what Tom Brady and the Patriots did in that Super Bowl against the Falcons. And I just remember, again, the vibe in the air was just, that's greatness. That's great. Because I remember I was a little skeptical about Tom Brady at that time. Honestly, wasn't the biggest fan of him. was a little bit of a Tom Brady slash Patriots hater. Uh, I've, I've come to appreciate and I've kind of changed my mentality a little bit. I've come to appreciate greatness now as opposed to just, you know, screw that, which is what most of us do, I think, sometimes. Uh, but I just remember the vibe in there. I'm like, you can't. You, there's nothing you can do about that. That's just pure greatness. And I felt that same vibe again on Sunday night. Now, granted, that was a very, you know, now obviously the Brady haters are going to go, oh, it was the defense. It was the defense. Oh, the, the, it, the defense is what won that game. The defense played a massive role in that game, especially the front seven in, in the trenches. That was a big part of it because, again, Patrick Mahomes running for his life the whole game. However, I remember, and I, and I tweeted this during the game, I said, Brady, Gronk twice, A.B., Leonard Fournette, and then, oh, yeah, the defense. Everybody was getting a piece of the action on Sunday night. Everybody in a Tampa uniform. And it was just beautiful to watch. It was balanced. It was, it was, just, it was beautiful football. It was the epitome of what Tom Brady brings to the table and it has instilled in that Tampa Bay roster and that in the culture over there in Tampa Bay now. Tom Brady is the system. You know, I've heard several people say that uh, over the weekend. Tom Brady is the system. That's not to say Bill Belichick isn't a, one of the greatest all-time coaches. We'll see what he's going to do. You know, he didn't have a good roster to work with last year. Cam Newton, you know, is on the downswing, unfortunately. Uh, but we'll see what Belichick does. I, I, you know, I think he's going to get a lot of flack that he shouldn't be getting because I still think he's an all-time great coach. Uh, I don't. You know, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But that's not the conversation for today. Uh, just beautiful balance basketball, and and that again, that same vibe as I got Patriots Falcons that epic comeback Brady pulled off. Same thing on Sunday night against the Chiefs. As we welcome in a new viewer, welcome in. Uh, same vibe. It's just greatness. And people are going to hate. People are going to say, oh, it was the defense. It was the defense. But, guys, come on. like that, that. It doesn't get any better. At 43, mind you. We didn't, I didn't even mention that part of it. At 43. That's just greatness. And people are going to hate. But, God, that's just, that was beautiful to watch. Hated it for Patrick Mahomes because I was actually rooting for the Chiefs because I wanted to see – I want to see Patrick Mahomes de- – quite frankly, dethrone Tom Brady and become the GOAT. And we're going to have a conversation here in a minute about, you know, that conversation. Is that over? Is that still something that's possible? We're going to talk about that in a minute. But, um, nah, man, beautiful game to watch. So I'm actually – I'm curious. We we had such a good conversation on um, on uh, Tuesday. Tuesday's show. Was it? No, today's – Thursday's show. And I, again, really appreciate all the people that tuned in for that. Really appreciate uh, Jigs Dad Forty Four in the comments. Really appreciate Spartan Barton in the comments. Great. That that was the best show that I've done. Period. It was the most fun show that I've done. Period. 
uh, just talking about the Super Bowl, just talking about what we eat for the Super Bowl, what we drink for the Super Bowl. Uh, it was just so much fun, uh, you know, Super Bowl traditions. I know personally uh, we ended up having – we didn't do the pizza. We ended up doing buffalo dip, which was amazing, by the way. The buffalo dip we had it had a little – it's already a little spicy the way uh, my buddy makes it, but he made it more spicy this year. Oh, so good. So good. We had the buffalo dip. We made little weenies with in barbecue sauce. Uh, what else do we have? My mom, uh, if you, I don't know if you're from, we call it butter cake, but my mom, her specialty is what we call butter cake, but it's called a chess cake, uh, I think in more proper terms. And it was, the, I, it might have been the best one she's ever made. Just gooey, thick, rich. And I love rich. A lot of people, they don't like a lot of rich. The richer, the better for me. I love fudge. Like, I'm getting hungry right now just thinking about it. But um, had some beer. Had a little beer. Um, what else do we have? Beer cheese tots. That was good. And by the end of the night, I was just – between a great game, great food, great company, it was such a good weekend. So I know mine was great. I hope you enjoyed yours. Um, so – as it so happens, uh, Super Bowl was obviously this past weekend, but another Super Bowl was this past weekend called the Tobacco Road Rivalry, Carolina Duke. Carolina Duke, fandom moment. We got the dub at Cameron. We'll see what happens in Chapel Hill in a couple of weeks. We we usually tend to split, but here's actually where I, I want to go with this. By the way, Caleb uh, Love, so good in that game. That might go down. That that's that's going to be a memorable game uh, moving forward. That that might end up go, going down as the Caleb Love game. Uh, he just was spectacular for a freshman again. Uh, big jam during the game. It just really really fun player to watch. Um, we'll see if Carolina can get in the top twenty-five. If they're not, I actually haven't checked. So maybe they are in the top twenty-five. I don't know at the moment. I haven't checked the 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 updated top twenty-five. Um, but here's actually where I want to go with this real fast, and then we're going to go back to the Super Bowl. So, Carolina got the win. But he, here's where I specifically want to go with this. Not so much about the game itself, but the game in the broader sense of what, what it is. Whoops, I thought I clicked myself off. Um, Carolina Duke, you know, I, it seems to me that one thing I wish we would stop doing as fans or as spectators is underestimating this game. And what I mean by that is specifically in years where one team or the other, or in this case, you know, both teams, Carolina's having a better year. Duke is having the worst year it's had of my lifetime. They may not make the tournament. In fact, and we're going to talk about that in a second too. They may not make the tournament. Good chance they won't. Um, Carolina, on the other hand, they're kind of they're they're actually to a to a much not quite as extreme degree because usually when this happens, you know, Carolina's ranked one of the top five teams, which they I believe they were going into the year, or top ten maybe. They're ranked like top five in the country, go in, you know, get off to a nice start, first handful of games, drop a couple of games, slow down just a bit, drop in the rankings a bit, and then they get going. You know, kind of right about now, you know, uh, when uh, ACC tournament's coming and March Madness gets going, that's when Carolina gets hot. That's like a stereotypical 
Carolina basketball year. We've seen it. We've seen it. We've seen it. I've seen it and seen it and seen it. This year's a little different. You know, this year they were – they had a really good recruiting class. Caleb Love has been very good. Um, but they haven't quite been what I think a lot of us thought, or at least I thought they were going to be. You know, they were ranked – again, I don't remember their exact preseason ranking. It could have been top five, top ten maybe. I'm not 100% remembering that. Um, but – they were very highly ranked going into the year. And, you know, they lost it. They lost a couple of games that they shouldn't have and lost to some teams they shouldn't have and found their, long story short, found their way out of the top 25 uh, unranked. And again, they may be ranked. Uh, I, I, they're right there, by the way. They're, like I said, they're getting better. They're right there. But usually it's, they're ranked really high. They drop a little on the rankings. Then they go right back up and get hot at the end of the year or on the second half of the year, this year it's more so they got kicked out of the rankings, and they're just trying to get back in it. Um, but they're coming along. They're getting better. <clears throat> I'm not overly concerned about it. Um, again, Carolina fans' perspective. Duke, on the other hand, so that that's this year's Carolina version of not having – a great year. They're doing. They're they're getting better. They're they're doing okay. They're probably going to go back in the rankings, but it ain't last year where they were just garbage. Duke is having the year that Carolina had last year, where they're having one of the rare losing seasons that we ever see from these teams. But the point is, neither team is ranked right now, or was ranked when they met. Um, not having the greatest of years. Duke not having a good year at all. And the point I'm trying to make is even in those – when we have those circumstances, you know, like last year, uh, you know, Carolina, bad year. This year, Carolina, okay year. Duke, not so good year. In those years where teams are facing those types of circumstances, we tend to kind of downplay the Carolina-Duke game. We underestimate a little bit like, ah, well, it ain't going to be as hype this year. And then, again, you got to throw COVID into the mix this year. No fans at camera, which is – insane considering that's the loudest one of the loudest buildings in the world for sports um if you've been there you know that we tend to underestimate the game it's like it's not you know you know we we prefer to see that game where both teams are you know top five fighting for best team in the nation you know stuff that i that i grew up with you know especially around that 2010 or 2000 six to 2009 period where Carolina went off in 08, 07, 08, 08, 09. Uh, and then again, you know, when Carolina won the chip again a few years ago, you know, we like that, that, that tends to hype up the game more. Um, but I got to tell you one thing that I've come to understand. And I think many of you have as well. It doesn't matter what circumstances either of these teams are facing you know, Carolina not having a good year, Duke having a good year, or Duke having a not good year and Carolina having a good year, or both not having a good great year like this one. It always, always is a thriller. Always. I mean, last year's Carolina-Duke game, again, Carolina having an awful season last year, Duke having a great season last year. You know, we were like, oh, Duke's going to kick their ass. What happened? Carolina-Duke at Chapel Hill anyway was one of maybe the greatest Carolina Duke games of all time, period. I mean, it, I mean, it went multiple overtimes. It just 
one of the greatest of all time. And, and Carolina was having an awful season. But it just, I don't know, it's something about that Duke game, that Duke-Carolina game. It's like it always lives up to, it, it always is a thriller. It just doesn't matter. It, it's like the circumstances go out the window for this game. It, it just doesn't matter. I mean, both, both they could be the worst teams in the country. But when this game happens, everything goes out the window. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. It just it immediately, it, it just becomes a throw. It is a universal principle. And this year, again, was no different. I mean, I got to tell you, I fell into it. And I, 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 I got to, I fell into it. I was like, I wasn't this hyped for the game. Like, and that's from a Carolina. I mean, obviously I was, I was excited. The only one, but it was like b- between COVID, between Carolina not having as good of a year as I thought they would, between Duke having a not good year at all. It was like, uh, what, you know, it, 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 they're just, the, it didn't, you didn't feel like it was going to be that. And even Roy Williams, you know, was talking about in his press conference. It's just, you know, you, that hype wasn't there. But God, when that tip happens and the game unfolds, and I remember, you know, I, I was looking, scrolling Twitter, and I was just like, man, it just all went out the window. It didn't matter anymore. It just immediately became a thriller. Uh, so that I think that's one thing we need to do better at is just understanding that when Carolina Duke happens, in basketball anyway, when Carolina Duke happens, doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Both teams could be having the greatest year in program history, battling for national number one, top five, or both teams could be struggling and trying to, you know, as Duke currently is, trying to get a spot in the damn playoffs. Doesn't matter. Goes out the window. Because when that tip-off happens, either in Durham or in Chapel Hill, Carolina Duke's happening. No fans even for COVID. Doesn't matter. It's Carolina Duke. It's on. It's going to be epic. It is a universal freaking principle. On that note, um, so let's go back. Something I kind of teased earlier in the show. Um, again, appreciate all of you uh, tuning in, as always. Appreciate our podcast listeners uh, listening. Can't see my mug, but you can hear my beautiful voice. Um, so there, there's a conversation going on about, you know, all right, well, this was my home's crack at the GOAT. He lost. He lost convincingly. Is the conversation over? There are those out there, won't name names, you know who they are, that say the conversation's over. Mahomes had a shot. He did it wasn't and, and there are those that are making the argument that how he lost was important too, because Brady, you know, has three losses. Lost to Eli Manning and the Giants twice, lost to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles a couple years ago with when he was in uh, New England. But Brady had really good games in all three of those losses, especially against the Eagles when he threw for like 500 freaking yards in the Super Bowl, I think was a record. Um, Mahomes did not look that way in his loss to Brady. The Chiefs did not look that way in their loss to the Buccaneers and Brady. So there are those out there that say that will ultimately play a factor in these conversations going forward. Eh, Here's my thoughts. And I'd love to know yours, too, by the way. If you want to get in the comments, I'll uh, get you in here on air. Um, I disagree. 
because I got to tell you, I don't think we've seen the last of this matchup in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think we've seen the last of it. We might have saw game one of a Cavs-Warrior type situation. Now, I don't think they're going to face off for four straight years like the Cavs and the Warriors did. But I would not be at all surprised if we see those two teams again next year in the Super Bowl. They're going to meet. I just, there's a feeling in my gut that they're going to meet again. And here's what I, there's a lot of factors to my no to the question is Mahomes like screwed out of the GOAT conversation now that he lost to the GOAT? There's a few reasons why I say no. The first one, again, they this is not the mm-hmm. last time they're going to meet in the Super Bowl. I think – I just have this feeling that they're going to meet again next year because I think – you guys heard it from the horse's mouth. Tom Brady ain't going anywhere. I knew this. Uh, I knew this going into it. I was like, if he wins the Super Bowl, you're out of your mind if you think Tom Brady is going to retire. It was too easy. It was way too easy. It's like he won in his first year without Bill Belichick and the Patriots. It's too easy. He knows that more Super Bowls are literally right there in front of his face. You think he's going to turn that down? Really? It you don't I don't think you don't know Tom Brady and his psyche and his competitiveness and his personality very well if you think just oh, you know, he won the first one. All right, all right let's go ahead and put it down. No shot. And you again, you heard it from the horse's mouth on that stage when he accepted the trophy. He said, we're coming back. You know that. Word for word what he said. Um, so there's that. There's also the part that I think Tom Brady is going to essentially do what he did in New England as far as taking less money to build up, or in this case, keep what he has around him. I mean, Brady never had weapons like these in New England and was able to do what he did, which is scary when you think about it. Um, so I think that's going to happen. Not to mention, I saw yesterday where Mike Evans said that he was literally willing to pay or give up some of his money, one or the other, to the Buccaneers in order to, again, keep and or build on what they have. That type of mentality is dangerous. That's the type of mentality that the Warriors had when, or or specifically Steph Curry had when KD came along. And we saw the Warriors dynasty dominate for a nice handful of years in the NBA. That's, let, let me tell you something. That type of selflessness is hard to beat. Because what that basically says is we understand how freaking good we are. We understand how unstoppable we kind of are. Um, And we kind of want to stay that way for a little while. And we're willing to put our own personal gains, financially in this case, aside in order to do something special here. And when you have players that are willing to do that, first of all, that's dangerous because you're going to be able to build on what you got. That's the basic principle of it. But the other principle of it is you got selfless players on your team. And players like that, they're hard to beat, again, because when, you know, we we all we all we've all seen the you know the superstars that come along that are a little selfish you know whether it's on the court or when you're dealing with the bank um, and they don't go over there's only so far you can go with one superstar that is selfish because again that ain't going to do very well in the locker room but when you have a locker room full 
of guys that are selfless and they're worried about each other more than themselves. They're worried about the bigger cause more than themselves. You're gonna have a t- you're gonna have a tough time beating that. You just are. Um, that it, it's just tough to beat that. So the Buccaneers aren't going anywhere. On the Chiefs side of it, I feel like this. What you know? Obviously, we're gonna hear all the commentators and the networks talking about. Oh, you know the Chiefs this, the Chiefs that. Guys, the Chiefs are unbelievable. How great they are. They had a stinker. They didn't protect Patrick Mahomes. Their defense was practically non-existent. And they're going to have to do something about that. And I think they and, – and they're going to. Um, I think this was the kick in the ass that they and anybody could need when, you know, they're on top of the world. You know, you're being told every day how great you are and, you know, you're just the best. You're potentially going to go down as the GOAT. You know, you're, and you're going to do it in faster time than Brady did. Um, when you're hearing that every day, it's – and I'm not saying – again, I'm not saying Mahomes and the Chiefs had big heads. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's good to get that kick in the rear to say, hey, there's other teams out here that are watching what you're doing and they're planning every day, every minute, every second how to stop it. That's what happened to the Warriors in the NBA. Now, now look at them. And it's going to be the same way with the Kansas City Chiefs, as we just saw. Tom Brady figured out a way to beat him. He built something down in Tampa, and it's going to be there for a nice couple of years to come now because he ain't going anywhere right now. Just saying. Um, but the Chiefs ain't going anywhere either. And that's why mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of people are going to screw up with these conversations that the, we're having from, for days to come now is that it's going to be all razzing the Chiefs razzing Patrick Mahomes saying, oh, well, there was a shot to be the GOAT. Uh, No, not so fast. That was one game. That was one attempt. And I'm telling you, I feel in my gut that between the Buccaneers not going anywhere in the NFC and potentially getting better because people are taking less money, Chiefs are going to be doing the same thing on the other side of the AFC. They're going to be plotting. They're going to be remembering. They're going to be feeling that sting all the way up to the Super Bowl next year. Patrick Mahomes is going to feel that sting. Everybody's going to feel that sting over there. And they're going to figure out a way. I'm telling you, can't wait to talk about this in a year. But and, and more specifically to the conversation about, well, Mahomes can't be the GOAT now. He had a shot. Do you understand how young... That guy is like that. I feel like that's a curse that comes along with being great at such a young age. We see it with Lamar Jackson. We were seeing it now that Patrick Mahomes is facing his first kind of kick in the face of his career. Excuse me. Um, It's kind of a curse in a weird way or could be. It's because you're so great. The expectations are through the roof. And when you fail on that stage against that guy, Tom Brady, you will be judged as such. And you will be told, well, you had your shot at the GOAT. You got your ass kicked. You didn't even score a touchdown. What are we to make of that? It's one loss. It's one time. It's going to be okay. 
Tom Brady's got three of them in the Super Bowl. He'll be all right. But again, obviously Brady played well in those losses. Mahomes did not. That is the if there is one, that is the one mark against him this time is that he did not play very well. Granted, he was running for his life for the majority of it. Like literally, I remember, uh, you know, as you know, we were eating and you know, hanging out, watching the game. Like I, I remember, it just felt like every time I looked up and it was the Chiefs' ball. Mahomes was running away. It just felt that way. It just it felt like he was running away a lot. I'm like, you ain't going to beat nobody like that. But, <clears throat> no, I mean, Patrick – and, again, we've seen him achieve so much. You know, he's an MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion in only two years, now three, as a starter. Do you understand how young he is? And what he's been able to accomplish. And you're really trying to tell me he can't potentially become the GOAT just because he lost his first try in the, like, in the Super Bowl against Brady? That's what you're telling me right now. Like, come on. Like, I, I can't stand those type of conversations. I can't stand those type of conversations around Lamar Jackson. Like, do you understand how young he is and how great? And obviously he hasn't achieve, achieved the, the type of things uh, that – Mahomes has at this point in his career, but like just the talent at that young of an age, like, good God, like you're, you're really razzing on this dude right now for having some growing pains as he should at that age, just because you haven't seen any yet. Like, come on. Like, I, I just, I can't stand this conversation. Like we, I wish we could be more appreciative of this type of talent, but you know, is what it is. So, um, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, I enjoyed today's show. You know, again, hope you enjoyed your weekend. Hope you enjoyed watching the Super Bowl. Hope you enjoyed watching Carolina Duke. Uh, we're going to get into some uh, ACC recruiting stuff on Thursday. I want to take a look at all the uh, rankings that kind of came out for the recruiting classes for each ACC team. Uh, we're going to get into some more ACC basketball now that the NFL is kind of winding. You know, we were pretty NFL heavy. Uh, really the last three shows just because of the Super Bowl buildup and talking about what happened. Uh, but ACC football heavy, ACC basketball heavy on Thursday. Hope you're here for that. Uh, appreciate our sponsor, uh, American Betting Experts. Be sure to head over to LandryFootball.com and get on a special offer that they have for you over there. Um, you'll just click the ad on the upper right side of the page. Uh, appreciate our viewers. Had a nice little uh, amount of viewers live today. Appreciate all our podcast listeners that will be listening after we post. Uh, appreciate everybody who will watch on Twitch after this is already record, recorded. Getting my slurring my words. Jigs Dad forty four. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you pop in here before we go off. Um, have a good rest of your day, by the way. That's that's one thing I really enjoy about this new time slot. You know, you know, if you didn't watch before that, uh, you know, we used to do our. It ain't been that long, but we used to do our show Mondays, Fridays at seven Eastern time. Now we do it Tuesday, Thursday, eleven. Uh, a.m. Eastern time. So uh, I, I always kind of enjoy that slot better because it allows me to get it done, you know, in the early day and then, you know, go on and go go on about the day, get more things done. Um, so I kind of like that slot and I enjoy having you guys in here early to start the day or you know, depending on how early you get up. But um, it's a fun part of the day. Uh, Jigs have 44 conference calls. Yeah, man. Like Gus. Got, got to knock them out, you know? Got to get stuff done here. But I'm excited to have you guys in on Thursday. Uh, we'll get a little something going. Uh, again, my name is Will Dalton, a.k.a. 
uh, Wilburn Gold, all social media. Hit me up. I'd love to get to know you, get to talk to you, and get your takes on all things ACC sports, beer, food. I don't care. We do it all around here. You know that. Uh, so, yeah, hit me up there. And, uh, again, appreciate all you guys. And we'll do it again Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here on Chris Landry Football. This has been ACC Tailgate. We'll catch you next time. Oh, by the way, stay tuned. More content coming up next.